Hello and welcome. It's Trucking Answers. Welcome back. Or welcome if it's your first time here. It's the trucking show that other trucking shows listen to to determine what they're going to talk about. I'm here with Gracie, my co-host, who's back on her blanket because it's kind of chilly this morning. But she'll be up to talk at any time about things that are going on. We like to talk about things that are in the news here. Things that are a little outside of trucking. My thoughts on things. Maybe we don't like to talk about that, but I do. And uh, we'll also do some trucking news. We'll do some automotive news. And yet another reason we're not on Mars in this unabridged version of Trucking Answers. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Well, you know, we got a few cars roaming around up there, but that's about it. We don't live there because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot, moron, dumb people on this planet that are dumb that we have to put our money towards so that they don't do something stupid and kill themselves, kill somebody else, or whatever they're doing, and then we have to feed them while they're in prison. So that's generally the problem with it, and we can't get to Mars because we waste so much time on these idiot people that should be sterilized. Okay, so let's get to some news. I wanted to talk about this thing that I saw in the news. So I don't know if you saw this. These are all ripped from today's headlines or the recent headlines. A teenager, 17, jumped out of a lift that she was in because she felt uncomfortable. Now, this is a problem with young people today. As soon as they feel uncomfortable, they don't want anything to do with anything. Now, what she says is the lift driver was asking her inappropriate questions, uh, like about what she was wearing and if she had boyfriends, stuff like that. Now, she, of course, doesn't talk about the fact that she's violating lift policy by having an account at 17. You need to be 18 to be an account holder. But hey, hey, it's not about me, right? It's about you. So what has happened? So I guess he asks her some of these questions and she just bails out of the car while it's driving. All right. I don't know how uncomfortable you have to be with that. But she does and goes to the hospital and is now griping about it. And of course, Lyft says, well, we deactivated this driver immediately. And this is what I'm telling you about an interior dash cam. If you're doing any of these kind of services, we have somebody else in your car. I just talked about this on the last podcast. And here we go with this. Now, see, this driver obviously didn't have one or he would have already brought the video up about it. When you're going to bring someone in your car for money like this, you need to videotape that because what if so they do that what if he had that he could say whoa 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 wait a minute let me go back what time was that let me see where this ride is right oh here's the video from it here's what really happened and give the entire video to lift and really to the press because she's out talking to the press about it so i'd put that video out and go no here's what really happened now if he is a creepy weirdo then yeah he should be deactivated from the planet but, um, you know, you should just give people a ride. You don't need to comment on what they're wearing or how they look or anything like that. But if he didn't do that, then she needs to have a problem. Because just because you're uncomfortable, okay, get over yourself. All right, for God's sake, you young people, take it a little bit tougher. I'm glad these, uh, some of these young people were not in World War II. So it remains to be seen. The driver hasn't said anything about it. And all we're getting is her side of the story. There's always two sides to the story. You know, she could, could be lying. Amazing. We need to get both sides of the story. Like Phil Collins said, right? Now, people always write to me when I say something about that. Well, Mark, she said this. So, so what? So should I believe her? Not, not without, you know, more to the story. Not without getting the story. Just because she said it. So what? 
Okay. And then just because he said something, so what? Let's get to the bottom of the story. At least, you know, journalism used to be where they would get both sides of the story. But that doesn't happen anymore. She says something, so bingo, it's automatically supposed to be true. And I don't take that to be true. The driver, of course, is innocent until he's convicted of something. So just because she says it doesn't mean anything to me. We need to find out what the driver says and get any video and anything else. Did she text somebody while this? During the ride, did she call somebody? Hey, this guy's weird, something like that. Did she do any of those things? We need to know that. That would help a contemporaneous um, you know, example of what's happening while the ride is going on. So there's a button, at least on Uber. I don't drive for Lyft. So on Uber, there's an emergency button for the passenger. You can hit it and say, I'm having a problem with this ride or whatever. And, you know, they'll give you help or whatever. Did she do that during the ride or did she just bail out of a moving car? She went to the hospital. So something may have happened, but we don't know what it is. Recently in Wyoming, they had a bunch of high winds. I don't know if you saw this. Up to over 100 mile an hour gusts. And drivers are complaining because they're getting blown over. So I love this. Apparently the highway was littered, as the article says, with blown over trucks. And drivers are passing the trucks that are blown over to continue driving and then getting blown over. I guess the overhead sign warned of this. And as you know, Today, there may be a way before you leave for your run for the day to actually check the weather. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. There's this thing called the Internet. So when you go into an area that has winds of over 100 mile an hour gusts and sustained at over 70 miles an hour, it may be time to park it. And of course, we always come back to this. Well, Mark, I'm not going to make any money that day. Okay. Again, if you got paid for all of your time, this wouldn't be a problem. But uh, there are there are some companies also that pay for weather delays. But this is certainly a safety thing. And anybody that got blown over in those kind of winds, there's no really no excuse for not knowing any more about it. When I got alerts here, I saw <laughs> I saw in the news here that oh Wyoming's got these high winds. I could have clicked and read that story. So. There's really no reason anymore. You should check. One of the things you need to check before you go anywhere is the weather. So there were a bunch of trucks blown all over the place. And, oh, if I had only, why would have known when they talked to one guy? How do you not know? By the way, Wyoming is one of the best states with 511. When you dial 511 on your phone, you get the road reports. And they have a really good system. They always have. It's for many years. They're very good about this kind of stuff. You can check it on the Internet, but you can also call 511. So people, because I know there's going to be somebody, well, Mark, I only have, you know, one megabyte of data or whatever on my phone. This time of year, it's always worth checking. And I was just, I guess I shouldn't be surprised about this, but drivers, oh, I had no idea. They did talk to one Billy Bob, uh, who's like, I didn't have no idea the weather's going to be like that as he climbs out of his truck that's blocking half the road that had been tipped over from the high winds. Park it for the day. Stay back there at the beautiful Love's Driver Lounge. All right, they don't have a driver lounge. Stay back and just walk around the Love's all day and wait. Okay, do you think it's better that you get blown over? My truck's heavy. That's too much wind for anybody. They should have closed the road is what they shouldn't just say. Uh, no light trucks or, uh, you know, heavy, you know, uh, high vehicles. I forget exactly how they worded it. They had a weird wording of it. But it should just be closed and say, look, it's too windy for anybody to be driving. Just park. And I say that they should do that because drivers just ignore warnings. When they have, a, you know, when they have wind warnings of over 100 miles an hour, people are still driving. They just will just drive. They don't care. So you're gonna have to close the road and it, you know, 
and jail everybody that's out there. Just the way it has to be. There's a video out there going around where I'm sure you've seen it. This truck driver's trying to get in his truck, and it looks like he's drunk. That's the that's the whole idea of the video. Is that oh, and he's trying to get up in the cab of his truck, and he can't. And what should you do? Should you help him? Should you? What should you do? And the comments on there are really something. The, you know, oh, maybe he's drunk and just going to sleep it off. Well, maybe he's going to drive. So one person said, maybe he has a vertigo. <laughs> okay. You can't place your physical if you have vertigo, all right, without specific criteria. So, and if you do have that kind of vertigo where you can't get in your truck, should you be driving? Either way, I think you should call the police on it. And uh, one person uh, said, well, you know what? We, I guess we, all truck drivers, not me, but I guess we, we only get 34 hours off and then have to work 70 hours. And so when, basically, when is this driver supposed to drink? Um, I don't know. How about not drinking? There's always that option. But, you know, there's, a, there's two things. You know, there's a, an excuse and then there's a choice. So you don't have to drink even if you only have 34 hours off. If that's what this guy's problem is, you could not do that. Okay, that's also a possibility. I know people don't like to think about that. Well, Mark, how can I live my life without getting drunk every every time I have a break? I don't know. I don't know. Somehow, I think you could do it. I think it's possible. But if so many people think this person is drunk, why are they not calling the police? Okay, do you want some drunk driver on the road? Well, Mark, I don't want to ruin somebody's career. All right, do you want somebody to die? And if he isn't drunk, right, he will not be getting a DUI. So I don't know what the problem is. You're on someone like this who's obviously, you can't even get in his truck. <laughs> okay, that's a problem. Okay, that's a problem. And that person needs to be held to account. If there's some reason that they can't drive, they should be taken out of the truck. They should be. Are you ruining their career or are you saving someone's life? If they can't drive, they can't drive. Well, well, but Mark, what is he going to do? Well, wait a minute. I, what about all these people are quitting? What do you think they're going to do? He's going to go back to his neurosurgery practice like all these other drivers that are going to quit over all these other minor things that are going on. So he could probably go do that. Either way, there's no way anybody who's impaired in any way should be behind the wheel of their truck. I guess this is part of what I don't understand with lease purchase programs because there's an article here, a place called Ascend Trucking, A-S-C-E-N-D. I never heard of it. Okay, they're in Nashville, Tennessee. They have a big deal here where they're making a big announcement that they're raising their pay. So lease purchase operators are getting a 30% pay increase. How about that? A buck fifty loaded and a dollar fifteen empty. I don't know why they're different. You have to do the same job. Do you think you're making money to buck fifteen? Lease purchasing a truck from the company? And you're gonna come out there and well, Mark, lease purchase makes all this money. Really? Do you really think at a dollar fifteen you make more money than a good company driver? I don't think so. Okay, we got Saya here who runs mileage here, paying in the seventies to company drivers with full benefits. Forty, you're getting forty cents more than a company driver to buy the truck. There goes your purchase uh, right there. I mean, come on, dollar fifteen, and then they get people to do this. I don't understand it, to be honest with you. Okay, I don't understand how you make money at a buck fifteen and buy the truck from the company and got to live on the road and all this. I just don't get it. I guess. I mean, maybe somebody could explain to me how that's good money, how that is better than a good a driver at a good company how is that an improvement because you don't have any taxes you got to pay taxes anyways so i don't see how that's an improvement because you have to buy all of your own benefits 
beyond that. Oh, and speaking of company drivers versus owner-operators, this is good. NFI, you ever heard of them? I'm sure you heard they're a big place. So they're being sued, like many companies are, because in New Jersey, of all places, because a bunch of drivers there have a class action lawsuit going against them for misclassification. Ah, uh, amazing. So NFI wants to decertify the suit. It's been certified as class action. They want to decertify it, okay, because they want each person to go individually because they know that when, that way NFI can win this lawsuit. Now, the drivers are saying they were misclassified as independent contractors because of the control that NFI put on them. And, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so let's put that out on this podcast here. But uh, I totally agree with the drivers on this one. What they had is they had employees and uh, independent contractors, and I'm doing this in air quotes, deliver goods uh, from Trader, Joe, Trader Joe's up the East Coast. And nothing sounds like a better job than picking up and doing multiple deliveries on the East Coast. Okay, but even so... And the lawsuit says that they did the same job. Drivers would pick up loads in the warehouse, and then they delivered them. The warehouses were in Pennsylvania. And then they're delivering in Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. That sounds like a great job, doesn't it? All right. They required the independent contractors to have their own trucks, but that doesn't mean that you're an independent contractor. Just because you buy your own truck... And habit does not make you independent. To be independent, you have to be free from control of the company. And that's where these companies get in trouble. Just making you buy a truck and saying, all right, now you're independent. No. No. And the problem, one of the bigger problems, is that drivers had to rely on NFI for their business. So they say, right? Of course, we'll say that. And they were not allowed to perform delivery services for any other carrier. And that's their problem. Prime got in trouble for this and had to change their contracts. A lot of places have had this exact problem and had to change what they were doing. To be independent, it's very specific in the government. You have to be allowed to work wherever you want. Okay, so you have to be able to say, I'll work for you Monday, Tuesday, and I'm going to work somewhere else the rest of the week. And we'll see what's going on next week. You have to be able to work for multiple companies at the same time. I'll work here today, there tomorrow, there the next day. Simple as that. Simple as that. And independent contractors would report each day for the pick up the trailers, you know, just like a company driver. They gave them a schedule. They had to be there within so many minutes, you know, and they had to use their Qualcomm to monitor them. You can't do any of that, all right, in my opinion and what the government says can't do any of that you have to be independent you give somebody a job to do and that's basically all you can do that when you start doing these other things they're not independent and as soon as the company exerts this control then you're an employee even if you have to bring your own truck okay so you have to be able to go whatever route you want go your own way whatever you want to do they also say this which i love which doesn't really have anything to do with an independent contractor but the drivers say that when fuel prices would go up Okay, the surcharge would be delayed several weeks. Okay, but when the fuel costs went down, the surcharge would take effect immediately. <laughs> I love that. I love it. So they're kind of saying that NFI is riding the fuel surcharge wave and getting that extra money. So that's pretty good. So that's really good. And they also claim this, of course, which has been a problem in the industry, that they would pay drivers an expected mileage, not the actual mileage driven, okay? 
And they also said that they would direct dispatchers would direct drivers to pick up merchandise outside their routes and would not pay them accordingly. Well, you shouldn't do it. All right. So you need to get paid. And this expected versus actual mileage, I don't know about that, especially as an independent contractor. If you know in advance, <clears throat> whatever it is. So they give you a route and they go, it's 500 miles and you get, you know, $2 a mile. Okay, just to make it easy, 1000 bucks. They go, this is basically going to pay $1,000 is what they're saying. So once you do it, all right, then you accept that money. Uh, I'll do this for $1,000. What route you take as an independent contractor is up to you, of course, as it has to be, no matter what they say. And they also say that uh, independent contractors had to attend safety meetings and other company meetings, and they did not receive pay for the meetings. Well, here's the rub on that. And we have this problem here. Oh, many years ago, they used to make you come to the meetings. They made you come to the meetings, safety meetings. We'd have usually one a year, sometimes more, but usually one a year, and it was mandatory. All right, and so some clever drivers uh, would log the meeting and then would not get a 34-hour break because they had a long route, and so they logged the meeting, and the company's like, oh, you can't log it. Well, that's not how that works. All right, if you're required to attend it, required to attend it. You have to log the meeting. And they talked to the DOT about it. And they had an officer talk to him. And after that, the meetings are not mandatory anymore because there's actually a cutout from the FMCSA, uh, an exemption that says safety meetings that are not mandatory do not have to be logged. Okay, so if you attend a safety meeting at your company, whether you're paid or not, and it is not a mandatory meeting, you do not have to log the meeting even if you go to the meeting, whether they pay you. All right, and so now here the meetings are not mandatory, and so now hardly anybody comes to them because they're not mandatory. Act, of course, they do pay you for them if you show up, but you don't have to log them anymore, and that's why they did that. And I agree with the same thing here. Now, the problem with the pay, all right, they don't have to pay you, of course, because trucking companies are exempt from pay. But if you are required, see, this is the problem with an independent contractor. You can't require them to attend a safety meeting. You could say there's a safety meeting if you want to come to it, but you can't make them come to it. And if it's required, you have to make sure that they log it. And all these drivers should turn them in for um, allowing people to come to a mandatory meeting and not log it. Because if they make you go to it, including company drivers, okay, then you have to log the thing. It also says that, uh, and this is what Swift got in trouble for, that they had several paid deductions, including workman's comp liability and other insurances, and that they were deducted by the company. The company cannot make you pay that. And they also had escrow. They can't do that. And here's the thing. Swift, oh my gosh, it's been a few years now. They paid out over $100 million to uh, independent contractors, in quotes again, for this very problem. It, this is exactly the same problem because they mandated these deductions and they are not allowed to do that. They can't mandate it. They can offer it. They can say, hey, you want insurance? We offer this insurance. We have this and this. Do you want it? That they're allowed to do. But they mandated it at Swift and Swift paid out a hundred over a hundred million dollars to settle that very same problem and here's the thing the same thing here qualcomm same thing 
They mandated they get that Qualcomm from them, and you had to buy it from them. You can't do that. All right, that is going to be a huge problem. You can offer it or say, we use Qualcomm, so you can buy it from us or get it anywhere you want. That they can do, but they can't say you must get it from us and it's whatever, $20 a week. I don't know how much a Qualcomm costs. They can't do it. Okay, so in my opinion, being a non-attorney spokesman, <laughs> right, they're going to lose. And that's why they want to decertify it because they know once the drivers together, the drivers should win this case and really won't they won't win it you know why same thing as everybody else they're going to settle just like everybody else they'll settle this case and pay out these drivers and not change their ways and that's always the problem they say look they had complete control over operations you just can't do this kind of stuff that uh, you can't mandate independent contractors buy things from you that is that was the crux really of several companies including that big swift lawsuit where they mandated the deductions you can't do it you simply can't do it eventually this lawsuit will settle like they all do i don't think they'll get it decertified i don't see why there's no reason to decertify it for the court so i don't think it will we'll see what happens get this this blew my mind kablamo my mind is blown u.s express says they're skinnying down the variant initiative okay and it says that a lack of mentioned in the truckload carriers third quarter earnings report suggests that going forward there may be trucks on the road that say variant but the, the it has no part in the company's future huh that didn't take long uh that was the only decent part of the place i thought that was way better than going to work for the regular place itself so it didn't work out is the problem they thought you know Let's just have a different colored truck pulling our same trailers and it'll be better. But it just seems like it isn't working out. There's no mention of them. Uh, normally there is. And they also had insurance claims for $25 million in the quarter as well. So, But that's part of the problem of these carriers. They could write about all these insurance claims and they refuse to hire anybody with any experience. Because... When is the last time you considered going to work for U.S. Express if you have experience? Ever? Or do you even give it a second thought? No, absolutely not. So they can't get any decent drivers to come and work there. So they want to, uh, you know, they had some layoffs at their company and they want to make some changes that will result in uh, problems, less problems for the company. And Variant wasn't even mentioned. The last time they were all about talking about Variant and now they're like, oh, yikes. So they're not going to do that. They're keeping their fleet size flat. They're not adding any more trucks. It has 6,648 trucks as of the end of the quarter on their numbers anyways. We're looking at costs and margins, says Fuller, the CEO, and we can figure out where to go from there. They have an operating loss that was small, if not for the insurance claims. <laughs> Normally, they uh, the operating loss you know, was... 20 something and it doubled because of insurance isn't that great revenue is up for them but they still had an operating loss so that's the problem they need to have better utilization of their trucks which i don't understand the problem if it's a computer right so the average revenue miles per tractor per week this is what they say all right so they're going to have it in the best light for their investors 1,558 miles a week. There you go. 
That's slightly improved from the second quarter of 1,537 miles per week. Now, I'm sure somebody's going to write to me, Mark, I work for U.S. Express and I get 17,000 miles a week because I'm awesome. All right, well, these are the numbers that they're putting out. So they're going to always put out the numbers in the best light for investors. And that's what they are saying. 1,558 miles a week. You don't keep drivers giving them 1,500 miles a week. I do way more than that in a day cab. Uh, I had over well over 2,000 miles last week in a day cab home every day. So what's the point of being gone doing 1,500 miles a week? I don't, I don't understand. Even their dedicated division is only doing 1,632 miles a week. So And that is down from 1717. All right, so that those numbers are down. It just doesn't, uh, you know, look, if you're going to be gone on the road, you need to make money all the time. If you are not on a legal break where you have to you have to stop, they should be moving you. If you are getting 1500 miles in 7 days, 200 miles a day, there is absolutely no point in working at the place. And that is what they are saying the trucks are getting. So this is not Mark making numbers up for the place. This is right out of their quarterly report. So it looks like, it looks like Variant um, is about to hit the dock for the last time. Is that a pretty good trucking reference? I think so. I don't know if you saw this, and I don't remember his name, and I'm too lazy to look it up, but some YouTuber put out a video. He bought a Hummer... Uh, the new Hummer electric, okay, pickup truck, and he just took delivery of it, and of course is making videos of it naturally, because kind of like Tesla, as soon as you buy an electric car, you have to make videos about it. I think they're required at Tesla on how great it is. So he gets in the car with a couple of his goofy friends, and he's some kid, of course, and he's got a $100,000 EV. And uh, not that we're, uh, you know, uh, bitter about that. <laughs> okay, so what is the first thing he does, of course, is put it in... Um, watts to freedom mode wtf mode that is an actual thing on the dashboard of those vehicles that's full power right and takes off into like a field in a slightly off-road not huge off-road but apparently there's a dip there and he hits this dip and this thing goes airborne and hits the ground and stops running it has nine miles on it and I guess he comments that he ruined it. I don't know if you know this about that thing. It weighs 9,000 pounds. And when you do jumps in it, well, apparently there's this thing called physics and Newton and all these other things. And he broke it. So that's pretty awesome. Now, if the insurance company sees that, they likely won't pay because generally, generally for your insurance, you have to be on a road. Okay, and check your policy. I'm telling you, okay, because I would deal with these people coming back to the car lot all the time, you know, with these kind of things. And the insurance finds this kind of thing out, which he has video out about it. They won't pay because they're like, no, you can't use them on other than a legal paved road in the United States. That's where they pay the insurance. If you want to do these other things, usually, usually the insurance specifies no. You can't do that or you don't get insurance. Just like it'll say it's only in certain areas like the United States or whatever. So just because you can drive there doesn't mean you are insured there. And I assume he had insurance or wouldn't be able to get it. I don't know. You certainly are required to have it in uh, most states, I believe. So, But he broke the thing nine miles on it. He broke it. And then I'm watching Motor Week. 
And what did they test? A Cadillac Escalade V model. All right, 680 horsepower or so, 4.4 seconds to 60. Pretty impressive. That thing is, you know, well over 6,000 pounds. You know, it's a Suburban with nice seats, as they say, a Suburban in a tuxedo. But here's the thing, looking around this thing when we're watching the show, we meaning me and the cat, basically, there's a lot of plastic in there. And I was sorely disappointed that Cadillac still still is on the cost cutting you know they've always done this since you know the 80s really parts sharing you know it looked like a chevy steering wheel you know just a typical gm steering wheel and there were a lot of plastics and this thing's a hundred fifty thousand dollars all right this is not some kind of cheap thing and john davis commented oh where else can you get this kind of performance for hundred fifty thousand dollars uh it <laughs> maybe over at uh you know, the old Land Rover dealer over there, maybe. So uh, there are places where you can get that kind of performance out of a truck. Uh, heck, the Hummer's less money than that. So for you can get that kind of performance for less money. But, you know, with better quality stuff, it just didn't look. It didn't look $150,000 worth of nice inside the thing. It just looked like a Suburban that they slapped a bigger, you know, 30-inch screen or whatever it is in there where that curves around the driver the Cadillac screen that they have in them, it didn't look premium enough to say, I'm going to go to a General Motors dealer and slap down $150,000 for a Suburban that's got fancy seats in it and jewel LED headlights on it. I don't know. I don't know. You can get a Suburban that gets close to this for half the money, maybe a little more than half. Certainly in the 80s, you can get a really nice one. For 150 I don't think so. Now, when you think quality automobiles, you, of course, think of Saudi Arabia. And so Saudi Arabia is going to launch its own electric vehicle. Yes, because when I think that, I think France, of course, you know, Russia, and also Saudi Arabia. C-E-E-R, Seer, okay, is going to be the first car made in Saudi Arabia by Han Hai Technology Group. You ever heard of them? Yeah, you have, because they're better known as Foxconn, right? They're a Chinese company. They make a bunch of stuff. They took over the Lordstown plant here. They uh, make a lot of things for Apple, and they're also going to make this car in Saudi Arabia, and they're going to use um, some technology from other cars, kind of like AMC did, right, where they kind of, you know, Frankenstein a car together, and they're going to build this car. It's going to be out in 2025. No word whether it will come to the United States. It will be sold in Saudi Arabia. I can't imagine uh, it going great there. I don't know what the charging infrastructure is like across the desert, but uh, they're going to have to figure that out as well. So I know you were all wondering, hey, Mark, because I get these all the time. When is Saudi Arabia going to start building cars? Well, guess what? In just a few years, the time is almost here. So get ready for it. Now it's time to go to Ohio, all right, where this dude is pulled over by the popo, all right, and he turns out he's got a warrant, so which happens all the time on On Patrol Live. I love it. I don't know, by the way, as an aside, see, I'm off on a tangent already on this. So as a tangent, when people are pulled over, let me ask you this. Do you have your driver's license with you when you're out driving a car? I cannot tell you the number of people that are pulled over on that show that do not have their license on them. 
many of which do not have a license, probably 80%, but the other 20% have a license and don't have it on them. They pull up to the car, can I see your license? No, I don't have it on me. What? You can look it up. They go, no, no, have it on you. All right, so, okay. I just don't get it, but that's another story. So they pull this guy out of the car. He's got a warrant, so they arrest him. They're putting him in their patrol car, and what happens? Well, this woman gets in the guy's car and takes off. She steals his car. Because why? Because it's there, I guess. So they go chasing her. And for 30 minutes, and she eventually crashes the guy's car. Now she bails and goes running, but they catch her immediately. And they go, what are you doing? <laughs> she goes, oh, well, I had drugs in my backpack. And I didn't want you to find them, which apparently she did have methamphetamines. Hey, kids, crack is whack. Okay, stay away from drugs. But um, <laughs> she had drugs. So she just gets in this guy's. I, I look, I've never done drugs. Is this what makes you so paranoid? I guess you're just going to take off. That's what I'm assuming. And so they arrest her. And now, besides being a drug addict, okay. Um, which I've always said, look, if you want to do drugs, it's okay with me as long as you're willing to suffer the consequences of doing those drugs, which would include no job, possibly nowhere to live without any government assistance. So you don't get any, if you want to do drugs, you don't get any help. You can do them. You won't be arrested, but then you won't get any assistance. Is that fair enough? All right. But she committed a crime, so she gets arrested. Now I have to pay for her this is a fel she has i don't know how many felonies fleeting fleeing and eluding uh auto theft right drug possession you know of a schedule one drug or whatever yeah so here's the moral of the story like in aesop's fables does anybody remember that if you are going to steal a car it should not be a car where the police are right there all right and so maybe pick a different car to steal and i do think which i've seen on on patrol net that they should take the keys to your car out of the car because this kind of thing could happen so if they pull you out they should have the keys the police should have the keys to your car just so somebody doesn't steal it or get in it and uh, that kind of thing and so now this guy not only is he arrested and it didn't say what for and now his car's crashed so i hope he had insurance and uh, you know maybe there's a lawsuit there to the police since i'm not a lawyer of course there'll be a lawsuit hey you shouldn't have let her get in my car I just don't get it. Okay. This is part of the problem of why I can't get to Mars because now I got to pay for her. Do you think it's her first offense? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. I don't have her arrest record here. Probably not her first offense. So that is why we can't live on Mars because I have women in Ohio stealing cars from people that are being arrested. I guess because it's running. So thank you for listening today. And uh, we will be back soon, of course. Uh, if we can ever get to Mars, we'll broadcast from there. But until then, we'll be broadcasting from Earth with the next podcast.